friends, it's Caitlin and Shanika and Courtney with Get Checkered. Uh, Get Checkered is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown and community supported. All three of us are in the same virtual space for the first time, and it feels like a very long time. The last time was Saudi Arabia. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Before all the time. Yeah, after the drama. Oh gosh, that I never want to revisit ever again in my entire life. Um, how <laughs> was everyone's weeks? Um, you know, so I'm doing this podcast. I am very hungover. I am dead. I went out Friday and Saturday. Everything's <laughs> open here in Vancouver. Um, yeah, and then I just I can't survive. I'm 28 years old and I cannot drink like I used to. It's quite unfortunate. I think it's brave that you did a multi-day. Like I haven't yeah. done one of those in a long time. I don't know if I can do that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> the last one for a long time. <laughs> it just like it hurt to get out of bed. And it's such a beautiful day today in Vancouver. And I was just laying in bed like, nope. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Put the blinds down. Oh yeah. Pretty much. But yeah, that's me. I find that's kind of impressive because for the listeners in Courtney, you may not know this, but Caitlin, I feel like can power through most hangovers. Like if it's a one day, like, you know, one night going out the next day, she'll be like alive and kick, like she'll drag herself out of bed. So the fact that you could not do it is you must've been hurting. I'm out of practice, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's my life. I'm, I'm sore today. <laughs> That's okay. You'll come back stronger than ever. Oh, I hope so. I'm ready to hear all about Pierre Gasly because we got that coming up on this episode. So I'm gonna let, Shanika's going to take the reins on that. Thank yeah, you. We're going to talk so much about Pierre. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. Uh, Courtney, how's your week? My week has been good stuff is like starting to pick up with school so I mean I only have three classes but those three classes I'm like starting to get assignments now so back to the grind I guess (laughs) other than that's okay (laughs) how about you (laughs) why are we so boring yeah I similar like I'm not in school yet trying to get back to being in school but because of that all I do is work and then study and then work and then study and then work some more and um I did have like a shit day this week where I have um just a little bit too much to do you know committed too far too many deadlines and I was on my laptop from what time is it it was like 7 30 in the morning until midnight getting stuff done and I was like this is bullshit um did your yeah. eyes hurt? Were they throbbing after? Yeah. Well, the next day I, <laughs> I was lead, like not leading. Basically we have a committee that leads like DEI stuff. So that's diversity, equity, inclusion stuff at uh, the organization I work at. And I was like, so I have to be on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We have like a person presenting and performing. There's like all this stuff. I could not function. And in the morning I had startups, you know, meet with me for advice and they're part of the accelerator that I'm an advisor on. And I just could not, like, I just could not function. I was like, 
oh, how about, you know, how do you just making them like talk amongst themselves? You know what I mean? Cause I was like, I have I not figured it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how much, oh, what do you think about that? Cause I could not do it. I think Caitlin, this comes back to what you're saying where I think we're just getting too old. Like <laughs> we need to stop right there. <laughs> like I could have done that so easily before but like I could not on Friday absolutely not but I did order in from a really great barbecue joint in Calgary called Jane Bond Barbecue it's a great black owned business so give a shout out to them if you're ever in Calgary go check them out it's really really good um and made my Friday a little bit better even though I was dying like a slow and painful death for (laughs) eight and a half hours so (laughs) well I'm glad you enjoyed your take in (laughs) That's a positive. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You know what all this means is like when F1 starts up again with the races on Sundays, we're, we're going to have to find a way to get up and watch those races at six after going through everything. I will be up. so Courtney what time were the races so they're so always typically in the morning so what time would it be for you um I've gotten up at like four to watch a five o'clock race but typically they've been like 7 a.m so not too bad so yeah there's six and sevens in Calgary yeah I feel like very consistent six and seven it's a five or six start in Vancouver, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, nope. I'm not okay with this thought. <laughs> Anyone else that watches the races in Vancouver, please let me know how you do this because I'm dreading <laughs> that time. <laughs> yeah, we need to be sponsored by Nespresso just for you. I think so. Oh my God. Seriously. <laughs> or even like breakfast joints or something. Cause I'm like, oh my God, the fact that we're waking up this early. Yeah, well, watch. It's a really good breakfast place um, in Vancouver here. It's open 24 hours. It's what? called Brecla. And they do so many cakes. My roommate loves the cakes. And she's so funny. She's like, came back with a few cakes today. I'm like, oh, more? <laughs> Again? And you know what? She's the cake queen. So I give it to her. Oh, That's my it. gosh. I can't even think of a place that's open 24-7 here. Like for breakfast other than like a maybe not even mcdonald's is mcdonald's open 24 7 some of them are yeah a really sketchy one by (laughs) (laughs) i have this friend whose neighbor um to like help them wake up for the races they cook the like signature breakfast food from wherever the race is Ooh. yeah and she's like it always motivates me to like get up because i have to cook the food to yeah, watch so. it, to eat it while I'm watching the race. And I'm like, the dedication. Yeah, that has to add like an hour to the time though, right? Like yeah, time. could never be me. <laughs> That's so funny. We're, we're very much the like roll out of bed and like turn it on sometimes from yeah. in bed because it's just so exhausting. So as much as yeah we're looking forward to obviously the race is starting because that means like we're back in it but it also is like oh my god we need some reprieve for the canadian fans like this is (laughs) this is too much (laughs) too much 
like I love that they're growing in the North American market, but like they got to figure out a solution for the Canadians who are trying to watch. You know, um, with two Canadian drivers on the grid too. Come on. Yeah. I remember when I was tweeting about this, just being like, how are we waking up for this? Um, a few people on Twitter were just like, how do you watch it that early? Like, I just watched the rerun like later on in the day. Or just watch like, and I'm just, no. I'm like, that's not how we do no. things here. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Good to know. That's how everyone else is doing those things here in Canada. Cause that's not how we're doing it at all not the vibe no we <laughs> we wake up right away and die a little on the inside yeah and then we're, we're like among the first to know hmm? yeah we're like the first to know about what happened in the races at least that's true that's actually a very good point and then yeah. like nothing spoiled well, for us <laughs> what were you gonna say me yeah Oh, I said then at like 9 a.m. We're ready for the first nap of the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. My whole goal is at noon. <laughs> this season is to just stay awake. Cause like, I'm like, okay, if we wake up at five or six, watch the race, think about how much day we have. We have a lot, a lot of time. Yeah, it's very productive. Yeah. <laughs> no. You're not getting enough sleep for your health, okay? It's bad not to get Just enough. Gotta sleep. go to bed early on the Saturday night. No one does that, Shanika. <laughs> Let's not be unrealistic here. No one does that. <laughs> I do go to bed early on the five. We I will be out until like 10. 10. 10. Okay? 10. But then like you're 10. still not getting a full eight hours. It's not good for our health. But we do it for the, <laughs> for the love. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when I typically, I don't know. I do go to bed early on Friday nights. So I'm like, maybe that's time to just flip the narrative and start doing that on Saturday nights because you can't lose this time. We don't have enough of it. I know that was like the one, dare I say, benefit of lockdown. It's like 10 p.m. on a Saturday, I got nothing and nowhere to go. I like, except my bed. Good night. Set my alarm and I'm like chipper in the morning. That's about it in terms of lockdown. Do you hear that, Ontario? It's enough. What? Huh? That's enough of the lockdowns. Courtney's had it. Yeah. Ontario lockdowns need to stop. Are they still going? Like, I heard Alberta and Saskatchewan are going to be the first ones to like pilot no restrictions or something. I'm like, of course it would be Alberta and Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a. Uh... When are we doing it? I don't know. It's just, we were just talking about this. Alberta's a mess. Um, if someone wants to save me, uh, I would appreciate it because I don't know what's happening here. But yes, our, our lovely uh, premier said that he would like to lift the, what's it called? He didn't want to call it a vaccine mandate card thing, but it's like the REP, whatever that stands for. Oh, okay. Exemption program? Yes, there we go. Restriction exemption program. So going forward without it, you could go into a restaurant without having to scan your vaccine docs, which is, you know, maybe in some provinces, that's fine. But in Alberta, like when we have the lowest vaccination rate amongst the country, probably not it. <laughs> okay. Okay. We say lowest vaccination rate, but I think it's still above 70. Like it's, and in the cities is better than being in rural Alberta for rates. I hope so. I mean, I don't know. We're still, yes, because Canada's averaging over 80%. So yeah. 
that's good. But Alberta still sucks. And if someone yeah. still wants, <laughs> it's <I'm> true. <laughs> but I will say we didn't have like the intensive lockdowns that I know has been going on in Ontario, where it feels like every other week there's another thing. So feel free, girl. Never ending. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> We just came out of like our last lockdown, but like gyms are still 50% capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you have to show your vaccine like everywhere you go, which I support, but I'm just ready to live my freaking life again. <laughs> Actually, speaking of living your life, Caitlin, did you ever figure out the PCR flying? Oh my God, yes. So I paid for a PCR test. Okay. And it came back negative. And I'm like, this is no good for me because I'm going to have to PCR at going places and coming back. And I'm like, this was going to be good for six months. And now it's negative. And I'm like, why am I negative? Why? <laughs> Wait, how are you? I'm so confused. How are you negative? I don't know. And I'm like, So you're like gonna not, I'm like, can my body not like hold something together? For, like months? It's not that I want it, yeah. but I want to like, I'm not contagious. Um, I just want to test positive so that I could get that six months of travel for. Yeah. So now do you have to be tested before you leave? And then on your way back is that every it? trip? Yeah. Ew. I know I had it. I just yeah. didn't get into the system that I had it because Alberta was short. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just going to keep paying everywhere. Oh my God. That sucks so much. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I was not impressed. Because how much is a PCR? It's like $200. Jeez, <laughs> In this economy, people? <laughs> yeah. I, I can shell that out if it's good for six months. Because I thought it was almost a guarantee thing I was going to test positive. But no, no, 200 bucks just down the drain. I I despise that. Well, the good news is though, you're heading to Palm Springs soon, right? Yes. And actually, I was looking at the weather. It looks great. I'm very excited. I love that for you. Yeah. I'm excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. So yes, I'm happy for you, but I'm also like miserable for myself. Um, you gotta get out of the cold, man. It's not even cold here, but I need to get out of the cold. <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> Palm Springs is it, by the way, because I'm also like trying to plan a trip um, to Palm Springs in May, it looks like. And I'm like, Ooh. I think it'll be too hot, to be honest. I think I might be a little miserable, but in terms of you know getting away from Canada for a little bit yeah not bad for a couple days why not yeah I'm hoping to go to Europe in May (gasps) exciting I know fingers crossed we can like travel normally because I'm down to go but I told my friend like if we're gonna have to pay like hundreds and hundreds of dollars for PCR tests everywhere we go like let's wait yeah. Because it's supposed to be a graduation trip because I graduate in April and so does my friend. Fun. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not prepared to have to spend like an extra like two grand and just COVID tests and stuff. Yeah. Like if I pay for one and it doesn't come back in time, then I have to pay at the airport. I'm like, 
no cut it yeah so yeah I think that's like a big hesitation but hopefully everything will be fine by then and then you can do that I'll be in Barcelona (laughs) around the same time as the Barcelona race but I'm trying to get my friend to buy tickets for like this Sunday she's like I'm not going for three full days and I'm like (laughs) okay let's go on one day for like three hours so I'm trying to work that in it's not looking up but the seed has been planted Um, (laughs) let us know if that works out yeah let us know if you need any recommendations for Spain because we did Spain a few years ago actually you did yeah we traveled Spain we did what did we do Caitlin we did Barcelona Ibiza first actually Um, we're not we're not really like Madrid um you did Madrid yeah I did Madrid yeah but like we're not your typical Ibiza crew yeah it's a bit too much for us I want to say yeah yeah my friend and I aren't like huge huge like partiers yeah so it's not on the list, but I mean, hey, if a day trip came up, I'd go. It's really pretty beaches. Yeah, the bluest water like you'll ever see. Yeah. But I think yeah. that the play is to somehow befriend like someone really wealthy because there's like two sides of the island. There's like the side that like most people can afford. And then there's like the rich. Yeah, the rich like Cristiano Ronaldo's yacht side. <laughs> like you want to be on that side. <laughs> yeah. F1 peoples would be, you know? yeah hell yeah we're planning um (laughs) we're planning to fly in to barcelona i have my little itinerary on my mirror nice and then go to seville for a couple days yeah i did seville too yeah Yeah, and then ronda because it has that amazing bridge and we found an airbnb that the balcony looks over the bridge and like Oh, stunning um yeah those are our like three places right now but I'm trying to convince her to go to Majorca Majorca would be great Carlos Sainz Jr. Uh-huh. actually uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we're still in the process of planning so I'm just like planting all these seeds to be like oh why don't we do this why don't we go here <laughs> but hopefully it happens <laughs> That's the dream, hey, to like chase around Formula One, I think personally. What's, yeah. Girl, I agree. <laughs> Speaking of Formula One, do we almost want to get into our F1 updates? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we just caught up with each other in our lives. Yes, go ahead. But before yeah. that, Caitlin, do you want to give an ad break? Yes, we're going to have to do an, uh, we're going to do an ad break. Um, so this episode is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with, lo- with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Park Power has low overhead, which in turn um, allows them to offer low competitive rates. So reach out for a no obligations comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing and you can feel good knowing you are helping to get back to our communities with your utilities bill. So learn more at parkpower.ca. Woo! Okay, so have fun. <laughs> we had actually, so we're in February. Yep, 
we had our first of the car launches for this 2022 season. Um, Haas came out first, yes. Um, kind of interested to know what you guys think. Like, I don't know, it was kind of underwhelming. Quite yeah. underwhelming, actually. I agree. I 100% agree. I think if there's like one word to describe it, it is underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Meh. <laughs> right? It was like, oh, okay, thank you. Yeah. The, the thing that stood out to me was like, we, we knew that he who shall not be named was racing with the Russian colors this yeah. year, but Mick wasn't. But they're both going to be racing with that, it looks like, next this year. So it's kind of like, oh, they go, yeah, I, okay. I Like, I get the money part of it. I don't like it, but yeah, so Mick will be in a Russian colored car. Poor guy. Oh, God. Yeah. I think that the, um, yeah, I, I honestly am surprised that Gene Haas is still the owner of that team. I think he's going to be gone within like the next two or three years. Like, there's no way. Even the logo for like, what's his face his dad's company is like so much bigger on the new car you're, you're and I wealthy. was like yeah okay <laughs> but um I saw a x games uh video um and I think it was one of the snowboarders like picked up his penny and he had a hoss like t- t-shirt on what? that's random <laughs> no I was like what, what? weird right i'm like are they expanding into winter sports oh dear god could you imagine oh god yeah i will say like we should note that the um the rendering that we did see was that it was just a rendering so the final Mm -hmm. car will actually look probably different but even with it being a rendering i was like this is kind of kind of disappointing it also looked like it just had a really big butt like very thick like in the middle section which is not I feel like the cars don't look like that from the top which the new ones might who knows but I was like this is not I don't know it's just not what I expected okay I did not like it well and like um we had a friend that was in our messages on Instagram talking about this car um and it's like I think the thing that's really going to stand out to us that will be impressive is performance of the car, which yeah. we've all heard that Haas has been working really hard on this 2022 car. But it's like, we obviously won't be able to see that until we see it race, <laughs> until we yeah. see it actually on track. So like these renderings are not going to do anything for me about like what's actually going to change about that car, TBH. I agree. Yeah, and also they're not going to put everything in the rendering. Like, why would they tell the world, like, these are the secret things that we built and look Mm -hmm. how great it is. Like, it's better for Haas to be still publicly like, oh, we just like threw something together. It's not good (laughs) or whatever, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not impressed with it. I'm like, next. Right? Okay, nothing else to talk about. Yeah. Do we know? So the next ones are being announced like in the next coming days, right? Like I feel like between this week and next week is when the majority are being released. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Um, I was just on Insta and Ferrari has a whole bunch of stuff like loading soon. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, McLaren put, I think, a picture on their Instagram too that said like sneak peek or like coming soon or something. So yeah, they're coming. Those ones will be fun to see maybe if they change anything. 
If they don't, they'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Just to say, all this whole time, we're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I think it's I think- also, oh, sorry, like underwhelming because this is the first car of the new era, and you're kind of like, okay. <laughs> You're going to show us Haas? Yeah, seriously, you couldn't have picked a better one. To be honest, Haas could have come out first and been like, because they have been the least um, performing car and they could have just like wowed everyone, right? Yeah. They had the most room for improvement, let's say that. They could have just wowed us and they did just did not. It was like, yeah. oh. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, we'll keep an eye out for the next ones, but that was- I'm, yeah, I'm excited- I'm excited for Mercedes. Mm-hmm. I heard maybe they're going back to silver. I know. The actual silver arrows. We shall see. Back out yeah. there. Um, also, sorry, this is like a random tangent, but speaking of Mercedes, there's a new Lego set with like Formula One cars. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anyone else is like a Lego girly, but like, I'm like, this is great. I'm going to go buy one. <laughs> and build myself a little formula one car i don't know when it's coming out but it i think like a couple weeks or something i don't know but what i thought was funny and this kind of like segues into our next topic a little bit is i was looking at the drivers right because i was expecting like them to just not be the yellow lego man like i was expecting one of them to be a black driver because hello equity and lego (laughs) and like both of them are just like the yellow lego man and i'm like what Lewis Hamilton's on this team they probably don't have like a contract with Lewis and that's why they didn't do it I get it but still at the same time I'm like it's Lego people they look so generic anyways like you couldn't have you know done something hello but that is exciting disappointing about the the yellow (laughs) Lego man yeah but exciting I might also have to invest Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah, speaking about Sir Lewis Hamilton, he has made a return on social media, at least. He's back. So he's back, baby. He posted a photo. I forget where it was, somewhere in the States. And um, the caption was like, I took some time. Now I'm back. And I'm so excited. He didn't address like anything to do with F1 or what happened in Abu Dhabi yet. But at least he's like back and ready to go, ready to post up what he's doing. Right? Like we've just missed seeing his life. He mm-hmm. started watching stories again. Yeah. And he's like catching up on everything he has missed. Did you see he like changed his little Insta pic? His profile photo? Yeah, he's like super fashionable and it's like red background and he's like cool. And I'm like, you are cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love how we're all like going to phones right now to see. <laughs> His baby picture. Oh, his baby picture's gone. That is what it was, yeah. And then like one of his stories is like Rihanna and ASAP Rocky having a baby. He's like, oh, friends, like, love this. I know. (laughs) Yeah, you felt time for you to come back and like, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Louis. Yeah, I know. I'm so happy. What I thought was so funny is that um first of all, he looks really happy, which is so important. And mm-hmm. social media metrics are vanity metrics to some degree, but he just like ratioed the shit out of anything Red Bull's ever posted ever. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I don't know where I was seeing this, but basically he passed the amount of likes 
that Red Bull got when they announced that Max Verstappen like won and you know whatever within like 20 minutes yeah and I'm like <laughs> god damn okay I like hundreds of thousands yeah. and that's like the power of Lewis right yeah 100 percent because he's like just stands for so much more than just racing and I feel like mm-hmm. everybody especially now with how F1 has grown over the last year everyone's like realizing that and well, and like even Tom Holland really? came out with the um something recently. And Tom Holland's like, he's the greatest there is, and like I have huge respect for Lewis. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. If you want to talk about successful careers, like let's look at Lewis Hamilton, something like that. Mm-hmm. Insane. So, nice to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's back. I, I definitely missed him. And he looks happy, which is like the most important thing, like the time away. Yeah. Did him good, good for him. Which yeah, is- he looks refreshed. Exactly. So his last post, y'all, was December 11th. After quality. Um, after in qualifying. Yeah. Not even addressing, like, the end of the race. Um, yeah. So, I mean, not that he needs to. Actually, I hope that's something, too, that I hope no one bugs him to address it. 10 out of 10, you know they will, though. I know, I- which I don't want them to, because I'm like, if he took this long of a break, like... He probably works through all the things he need to work through. I think um, so too, but yeah. I also think he understands the limelight he's in. And I think like him and a publicist, he has to have his own personal publicist. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? he does. Yeah. They will work together for how to address this. And I think it'll be a very generic statement. Yeah. Yeah. Or probably- he does a few of those where he just like puts them on his story and it's like very just heartfelt thoughts. Yeah. I'm sure when he talks to the media, though, it will be along the lines of I'm working with like Mercedes and I are working together to blah, 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 like a generic statement stating that like Mercedes is going to like take the reins on it because I'm sure there's something Mm -hmm. works and like he probably can't talk about things publicly regarding some like if they're actually going to like take some serious action again. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Because if there's any inkling of a lawsuit again, yeah, then you can't talk you about it anyways. Yeah. 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 So I just hope that for <laughs> I just hope that there's like less drama. Like I always like wanted to die every time they, you know, pull the names out of the sorting hat or whatever. And then <laughs> Lewis and Max would have to do the interviews together. Cause I was like, it was not just like awkward for Lewis, it was awkward for both of them, right? Like it got to the point, I remember Max dropped an F1 during an interview. He's like, stop asking these fucking stupid questions because it yeah. was like, yeah, I don't know. So I'm hoping there's like less of that as much as they're like, oh, it's random. I'm like, is it though? Like they do it yeah, for the like, like showmanship though, right? Like they all do it for the views and yeah, they got big views from having two of them on there. Exactly. So yeah, was- a media frenzy. It's like a journalist dream. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. And something that we didn't, I didn't even think about is like drive to survive. The season should be coming out soon ish, which means I don't know what the drivers and the boys like obligations are, but that means there's also press related to that. That needs to happen too. Well, I see Max is filming for something else. And oh, he's like, he's yeah. the filming for something else. Oh shit. Cause he said he's not doing drive to survive. Not doing drive to survive. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like a docu-series on him that he has full editing control of <laughs> so he can <laughs> make sure he's being edited properly. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> I just like, it's so weird to think about, like, how are they going to do Jack to Swag without the winner of that series? It's just so odd to think how they're going to put that together. I wonder if they just showcase the team because like just because Max said no doesn't mean like Red Bull said no mm-hmm. so is that how you yeah. kind of like work around it but you're right it's going to be weird to like close the season and then just have nothing or is that last episode not even a close of the season if it's like we show the race but then there's such an, a huge aftermath that like does the episode feature that too where everyone was like what the hell is going on <laughs> I yeah. don't know. So then you could kind of get away with not showing Max because you can just show headlines and like other things, some B-roll of what he said in other interviews and stuff. I don't know. But yeah. I'm sure they'll figure something out and like put together some narrative. Mm-hmm. So well, interesting. I'm excited <laughs> for that to come out though. Like I'm excited to just sit a full day and think <laughs> <so> much. <laughs> like I will not move <laughs> I'll take notes oh no you should and we'll talk about it in an episode or something it's just how we all binged it within 24 hours and this is our thoughts I will yeah. for sure not be watching the Abu Dhabi one because I felt physically ill the day of the race like watching what was happening so I'm not over it I'm glad Lewis seemed to be in a better place but I am not <laughs> in a better place <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm a Scorpio, but I'm holding on to this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's the Scorpio like grudge. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll watch it, you know, after this season when Lewis wins or if he wins again, then I'll be like, okay, then we can watch it because there's like a different ending. But yeah, I know. I felt like my dad, like watching hockey, like when he stands up when something happens, I was like, what have I become? <laughs> oh my god uh there is like one more thing that we want to talk about just about pierre that happened this week but we'll talk about it after the ad break and Mm -hmm. when i chat about all of pierre's wild career oh pierre (laughs) (laughs) okay so we'll do a quick ad break um so this episode of get checkered is brought to you by edmonton community foundation The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund for yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council um, to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. Ooh, so like that little headline about Pierre Gasly. Y'all, we were in the group chat being like, what the hell is this? Caitlin, were you the one that shared it? Yep, I took a screenshot. I have evidence. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was wishing someone a happy birthday and was wearing a headdress, right? And... Yep. We all died a little on the inside and I went to like Twitter because there's a few girlies that we follow on Twitter who are big PR fans and all of them were like, what the hell is he doing? He better apologize. But he hasn't like addressed it at all. <laughs> I think it went right over his head. Yeah, I don't think there to be like any kind of backlash from all the accounts we follow. 
Like no one caught on to that. Has anyone talked to him? And that's weird though, because then on Twitter, like everyone's like, I can't believe he did that. Like, is he gonna apologize? Is he gonna say something? Like, what's going on? Nothing. So I suppose it just yeah, depends on what platform you're on. But um, Pierre Gasly, like I love you, but like, please do not wear a headdress and you should probably apologize and do some learning about why that's wrong. Also, you're French and the French like colonized a lot of the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> do your research. Thank you so much. Love you. <laughs> so awkward. Oh, and like, God. I'm not trying to justify his actions. I'm just trying to see like from his point of view, does he even like, would he have been aware from his education over in France? Like, are they aware of what <sighs> I don't goes know on here in North America? I like, I really don't know. And I think that that's like the biggest gap here. Like we've had such a reckoning, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's different even between Canada and the US. Like they still call indigenous people in the US Native Americans. Hello, mm-hmm. they were here before all of you. So you're right. Like, I do think it's just a giant, it could be a giant gap in education of like what actually happened. And also Canada, I don't know, we've been taught ever since we were little that Canada was like founded by the English and the French. So like, we've known the history, maybe not to the extent that we see it now, um, mm-hmm. or maybe the uh, the truth of it, which, we, which we've been all learning about, I would say over the last few years, but you're right. Like he maybe just like flat out doesn't know, but it's also like, do you not have other friends or like a PR person who's like, fuck it, get that, get that down right now. PR person that's like, this is a bad idea. You may not know here, but this is really bad. And that's like me with like a public relations education. I'm like, yeah, what is going on? Can somebody <laughs> please like give me the man's number? I'll just be like, hey, um, yeah, no, let's maybe not do that ever again. And maybe just a wee apology, just a public apology. Thank you. Like, I just don't understand. I always felt like we should have, like, the Get Checker team, like, just reach out to Pierre to be like, hey, like, we're big supporters, but, like, we're also North American, and, like, this is really not a good thing to be doing. No, <laughs> yeah. This is um, not if you want to know more, like, we're happy to talk. <laughs> yeah. We record um, Sunday night. Yep. <laughs> Are you free? Let us know. Uh, <laughs> the Zoom link. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not ideal. Um, but what surprised me, Caitlin, is when you sent the photo to the group chat, and we were all like, oh, my God. I was expecting it to be gone within like you know, 20 minutes or anything. But then I checked at the end of the day and it was still up. And I was like, like no one seemed to be calling him out on Instagram. And I was yeah. like, because you know, like WTF1 always like put stories and like they'll make it a post. Yeah. And like even they did, but they're based in the UK, right? Yeah. So is it just not, is, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's time we, I don't know. Because then there's this girl, Amelia, who I follow on Twitter um and she was just like what the hell was that and I was like okay but you're in the UK like so you know but she's also younger so I'm like is it just like Gen Z that knows stuff? Like more aware. yeah mm-hmm. more aware of the world I don't know I don't know anyways I thought I should start like addressing it we're gonna address it for Pierre before we do a whole podcast episode basically on him but like Caitlin said um I'm going to talk a lot for the rest of the episode but it'll be like an education on Pierre and his background 
and his life. Um, his birthday is coming up in a few days, so we figured Isn't it tomorrow. It's tomorrow. It tomorrow. Yes, it's seven. Oh shit! Okay, his birthday is not coming up. It's literally tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so we thought covering his career um, would be worth it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Pierre was born into a motorsporting family. Did you guys know this? Because I did not. <laughs> not. I feel like I heard it. Yeah. Like I feel like was it like his dad or something or his grandpa? But it was like a brief. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so his grandfather, like you said, competed in karting, and his father, Jean, Jean Jacques. Yeah. Jean Jacques. Yep. Has he has also competed in various categories of racing, including karting, endurance racing, and rallying. So he has been, this is what always gets me when we do these backgrounders. It's like the nature versus nurture. Like how much is this that they're born to do it versus like they've been brought up in this way. And um, this is like not the only option, but it seems like ever since he was born, he was just going to be in motorsport, you know? So he has, he is the youngest of four half brothers. So there's five kids in his family, which is insane. Like no, no direct, like direct, no immediate, like same parent siblings. No, same parents. You know what I mean? No. So, um, both of his parents had previous relationships. Um, both of them had kids in those relationships. Both of them ended those relationships and then got together and had him. So he is one of one, um, one of one maybe right now who knows who knows what the future could hold for this family (laughs) we don't know uh he started karting at the age of six where he met his longtime friend Antoine Hubert um and he met him at seven and you can tell that I was writing this after looking at a TikTok because I wrote down material girl (laughs) I read that in the like material Material girl why why this is a TikTok trend I don't understand (laughs) I think it's a great first of all. But because they went to the same private school together. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have private school bills. Like I I can't do that. That is very material girl. (laughs) And at the time there, the both of them were roommates for several years. Uh, we are gonna talk about Antoine and his relationship with Pierre a little bit later in the episode. So I just wanted to plant the seed now. Um, during his early days, he also met Charles Leclerc and Esteban Ocon. Also, someone else we'll talk about later on in the episode because there's some stuff there that I wanted to dive into with the ladies. Uh, a fun fact, and I feel like this is most Europeans, which makes me upset for myself. He speaks <laughs> Italian, French, and English, which is approximately way more languages than <laughs> what I speak. <laughs> I'm stumbling through English most of the time and cannot speak Singlese for the life of me. So... There we go. I wish I had could speak another language. And French never stuck, Caitlin. Did French stick for you? Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin and I have we're in the same class forever. Just never well, stuck. So like Courtney, like you being in Eastern Canada, at least like French is a bit more prevalent in Yeah. Yeah. French stuck with me. I actually like had um a French course last semester to like kind of re-up on my French language abilities they're not great but I went to Montreal for my birthday in October and I was able to like hold a conversation and navigate my way around oh my gosh that is not me okay everyone (laughs) um if we ever go to France we're bringing Courtney because I would not I cannot do it uh okay diving into his early career 
So I, again, we say this on all the podcasts, but it's just so weird to say that all of these drivers have their career start from the age of six, but that's like basically what it is <laughs> that they start karting. And then from there, it's like, bam, you're basically in a career and competing. So yeah. he entered, he was started learning karting at six, but entered into competition um, competitively when he was 10. So he finished fifth in the French, oh gosh, the French. Is it mini me? It looks like mini me, but it can't be because it's French. Man, I'm sure. Championship in 2007. <laughs> he then moved into international competitions in 2009. In 2011, he made his single seater debut and he competed in the French F4 championship in a 1.6 liter category where he finished third. Uh, from there, he moved into the two-liter Formula Renault machinery in 2012, joining the R Ace, which I was like, why don't they just call it race? Because it looks like, okay, anyways, whatever. Not my job. <laughs> I'm above the pay grade right now. The R Ace <laughs> Grand Prix in, uh, sorry, GP in the Formula Renault Euro Cup. In Gasly fashion, he racked up a bunch of points and finished 10th. No one was expecting him to do that, and he did. Um, for 2013, he moved into tech one racing and I wrote here, my boy, <laughs> he took five podiums as well as victories at Moscow, the Hungary, I can never say this, the Hungar, Hungary. thank you. And Le Castellet, Castellet. Okay. Yeah. When was he born? He was born. 96? Yeah, I was going to say he's 96. Yeah. yeah. So okay. he turns 26 tomorrow. He is turning 26, and which is actually very disturbing now that I think about it because my brother is 26 and it's like. <laughs> okay. And also, is this um like where'd you get your stuff from? Yeah. So obviously Wikipedia, but I also looked at his socials and just like other articles I could find on his career, um, especially towards the end of this episode. A lot of the stuff is more so from just articles I could find so we'll link I'll link everything obviously because it's not our information um <laughs> after 2013 is where he kind of piqued the interest of Red Bull so he started in the Formula Renault 3.5 series in 2014 and was hired by Arden under the Red Bull junior development team so I just want people to remember that. Uh, he finished right behind Carlos Sainz Jr. So again, just that like growing up with the same people, racing with the same people at the same <laughs> development team, just around the same people for literally your entire career. It's kind of insane. Um, yeah. Gasly made his GP2 series debut in 2014 at Monza. Um, at Monza circuit in support of the Italian Grand Prix. He took three pole positions and four podiums. But that year, he caused a ton of accidents. Uh, he was very, um, just, you know how it is being a new driver, <laughs> just not great sometimes. And he caused collisions in Bahrain, Spa, and Yas Marina. And that race that he caused the accident ended up getting canceled because of the accident that he caused. You know what? It happens, okay? Mm -hmm. it, <laughs> it happens to the best of us. It's fine. It's a great career now. It's okay. He swapped to the Prima Power Team in 2016, partnering with Gio, who is no longer in Formula One, but you know, 
we did enjoy the season that we had him for <laughs> the couple seasons. We only watched him for a season and he ended up winning GP two. He then joined the Japanese formula super formula hmm. with team Mugen to drive a Red Bull sponsored Honda at the 2017 super formula championship winning two races there. He also, <laughs> this is what I thought was so funny when I found this out because it's just like a really tiny footnote that no one wants to discuss but he made a small appearance in F3 and he did really shit. Like <laughs> F-E, man. F-E, sorry. <laughs> he made a small appearance in F-E and he did really terrible. Um, Like to the point where it's like, no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to think about it. It's just really bad in qualifying, really bad in the actual races, causing tons of accidents, just wasn't it. And he honestly only did like a handful of Formula E races before uh, being like, nope, this is the, the oh, same. Was that, so if he wins GP2 in 2016, mm-hmm. um, the natural course, I think, would go straight into F1 after that. Because I'm thinking it's like the F2 feeder series, just a different stream. Yeah. Um, is he Was he allowed to go back to GP2? Or did he have, did after that, he went to this Japanese super formula and formula E at the same time? Yeah. So what you're touching on is actually where I got confused. And that's where I wrote down. Um, so he was announced to join the junior team in 2013, as we discussed, mm-hmm. but then he didn't get into a car until 2015, but then wasn't sorry for Red Bulls, but he wasn't racing for them and tested for two years with them. So because of that, that's why his career is kind of all over the place. Cause you're right from GP2, typically you would end up going to yeah. formula one. Yeah, yeah. Going to formula one wasn't the case for him um and I don't know this is where it's like all speculative right who was coming up at the same time as him likely Max Verstappen who else was in the seats you know we got a Sebastian Vettel and a few others so why he kept continued continuing to test for 2016 2017 is uh it's really I don't know it's I think it's just that there's so much talent and what do you do right yeah there's only 20 drivers right like they have to go somewhere yeah yeah so he finally made his debut in 2017 at the Malaysian Grand Prix replacing Daniel Kvyat and then he joined Toro Rosso with Brendan Hartley full-time in 2018 again a bit of a gap there um, but through that gap obviously dabbled in Formula E and the Japanese Super Formula so Again, I think like it's what you said, Courtney, there's just only so many seats. So what do you do if you're not getting in right away? Kind of have to go do other things. Um, (laughs) This is where things kind of get sad. So in 2018, he ended up finishing in 15th, but ahead of Hartley and continued driving the rest of the season. And then it was 2019 where we kind of pick up and he was paired with Max Verstappen at Red Bull. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. I know. I know. So I'm going to just briefly go over some of the lowlights from the season. Uh, he only I outqualified Max once all season and ended up getting lapped by him at the Hungarian Grand Prix, which we know if your teammates lapping you, it is it's game over. It's just not, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said here, it's, all over drive to survive you can see kind of what ended up happening behind the scenes with him um and just red bull's handling of everything it was not great by the way 
though Marco <laughs> said that they were going to keep him until the end of the year, which is also kind of what Christian said too, he ended up getting demoted to Toro Rosso in the middle of the season and replaced and was replaced by Alex Albin. Okay. So now that we've done like a brief run through of his career, this feels really early to me that they gave him the upgrade to the Red Bull seat. I agree. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to say that they set him up to fail, but it feels like they set him up to fail. 2018 wasn't like a stellar year where he was doing amazing, got all the points, like was <laughs> totally outperforming Brendan Hartley. No, it was a very like standard year. He finished 15th. Right. And I wrote here, but like, you don't need to be batting like a hundred percent, obviously to get the upgrade into the bigger team. Obviously you don't need that, but it, he was 15th overall. So it just feels like, it just doesn't feel right. I don't know that they put him in that seat. Yeah, I agree. And I also would be like curious to, I probably should have looked this up earlier, but like, was there a reserve driver or was Red Bull just pulling from the Toro Rosso team whenever they needed it? That's a good point. I didn't even look into that. Right. Cause that, then it's kind of like, yeah, you did set him up for failure. If there was someone else that might've been more qualified and had maybe more experience in the Red Bull car, because you hear all the drivers say that it takes like a full season to get adjusted to a new car and to be kind of, you get only like half a season, like you're not going to be comfortable with everything. Absolutely not. So I just looked this up and the headlines I'm seeing are that in 2019, they had Sebastian Boomy, Boomy as they, as their reserve driver and looking at his career, he was a reserve driver for like eight for this uh, 2019 was his eighth consecutive year um, as a substitute driver. So but that also sucks for him, hey? Like, you weren't good enough to be given the seat. I know. <laughs> and, like, not even at their, like, at a Toro Rosso team. No. So they had someone else they could have put in. They just maybe didn't. I don't know. I just, after reading all this, I was like, it feels weird that they gave him the seat so early. It, mm-hmm. I don't it, Not good. Anyways, at Toro Rosso, so as we mentioned, he was demoted the Brazilian Grand Prix, and I wrote this in brackets, I think, <laughs> helped him gain some confidence because it was so, so, so chaotic. Uh, Gasly qualified in seventh place and took advantage of retirements from Valtteri and both Ferrari drivers, as well as a collision between Lewis and Alex to finish the race in second place. Um, after hold, and sorry, after uh, second place, and he actually held off Lewis in the straight drag to the finish line. So, Lewis was gaining on him and he somehow held him off, which was really, really great. This is, this marks the first podium finish of Gasly's uh, Formula One career. I thought what was interesting is this was Toro Rosso's best race results since 2008. Okay. 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 This was in 2018, That's 10 years. And it was Honda's first one, two finish since the 1991 Japanese Grand Prix on his cool down lap. Gasly remarked over the radio, this is the best day of my life. He ended up finishing the season in seventh place in the championship with 95 points. 
So even though he kind of got demoted halfway through the year, <laughs> um, you know, he kind of like came back a little bit. Um, I wanted to jump to the 2020 season because who could forget Monza, his first mm-hmm. big win. Um, and by doing that, it actually started sparking rumors that he'd go back to Red Bull. And I was like, okay, is this even accurate? And sure enough, if you Google articles around that time, there are so many talking about how, you know, has Pierre done enough to get to Red Bull or like all that kind of stuff. So a lot of speculation and it was something that he had expressed that he's wanted, um, not just during this time in 2020, but ever since then, um, with that, win, he became the 109th, uh, race winner, it's a different race winner with the, and he was the first French driver to win a Grand Prix since Olivier Penny victory sure at the 1996 Monaco Grand Prix 24 years prior so setting records good for him he finished the season in 10th and 32 points ahead of his partner at the time which was Daniel Kvyat so 2020 good season for him Mm -hmm. 2021 uh you know this last season we covered it pretty in depth obviously because we had the podcast but he was partnered with Yuki and had a fairly consistent year in terms of qualifying and even race finishes. I think of the season, he only had like two DNFs, which is pretty standard. He was consistent. Uh, he finished the year in ninth. And because Yuki, you know, is new to the sport, he was the one that was really leading the team. And this is the year that everyone said, okay, Pierre is very much a leader. Like he's leading the team. He's comfortable in the skin. You know, where does he go next? So for the upcoming season, he is retained by Alfatori, um, which was formerly Toro Rosso, and he is partnered with Yuki. So Yuki's back. <laughs> and this is where I wanted to talk about some stuff. So as I was doing like all my research away from Wikipedia, there are so, so, so many articles and podcasts and YouTube videos and just general content <laughs> on his friendship. And I wrote, or lack thereof, with Esteban Ocon. So I thought it'd be worth to just dive into the complexities of relationships in the sport and how difficult it is to manage. So with Esteban, the boys grew up together, but with very, very different backgrounds. As we know, we haven't done an episode on Esteban yet, but he just way poorer than the other drivers. Very similar to, I would say, like Lewis Hamilton's way into the sport his um parents would come to Esteban Ocon's parents would come to uh like races in a trailer essentially like they gave up a home so that they could follow him around for his racing versus Pierre like as I mentioned earlier material girl like he was going to private school babes like he was (laughs) he was out there living his life uh but they became friends in the really really early days but I don't know what happened so Pierre in recent articles has expressed at least explicitly said that he is not friends with Esteban Ocon, but he also shared like a couple memories, which means that they were really connected before how him and Ocon would temporarily like warm their hands together to take three or four laps um, and continue the cycle in the winter when they were practicing during karting. He has said that they were like brothers, supportive and competitive, but in 2019, and I think this is where racing kind of ruins everything. (laughs) was when their friendship kind of hit a snag. So Gasly was trying to overtake Esteban and their cars touched, 
Pierre ended up finishing ahead of him. And then the following year, Esteban collided into Pierre, which just caused more stress on their relationship. The boys stopped training together and Pierre mentioned that he tried to fix things, but that it wasn't reciprocated by Esteban. And then the relationship just kind of like dissolved. I think this is really sad <laughs> because yeah. I, I think it happens with long-term friendships. Like you shouldn't just keep a friendship for the sake of keeping your friendship. But I don't know. I think as you grow up and change, like your relationships to people need to change, but the boys have not been able to fix things. Like since all the stuff that happened in 2019, they like don't have a relationship at all, which I think is kind of sad for people that grew up together. And I think it's also sad because like Formula One is such a tight knit community. Mm -hmm. Like, again, there's only 20 drivers. Like they literally travel the world, not together, but together. Yeah. And it'd be so fun to like do all these things with like one of your friends that you've grown up with and to not do that sad. <laughs> I think it's like, um, if they want to and there's stuff they can do together, I think it's worth trying to reach out, of course. But if it's like a whole Lando talking about Daniel and they just don't have the same interest, then don't force a friendship either. So mm -hmm. just saying they're like the two French drivers, you should be friends. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> they know each other really well. So if they just don't have the same interest, then they, they should be civil. And I don't think there's anything saying the contrary lately to that right they're civil yeah no they've been very um so though Pierre I think what's also interesting is Pierre has been very like public about the fact that their friendships fall apart versus like mm -hmm. Esteban has said like basically nothing aside why, why is Pierre airing dirty laundry <laughs> I think well we talked about this kind of earlier in this episode right like people especially these reporters get all up in your business and you know maybe Pierre is the one that wants to speak about it more and that's the way he's <laughs> handling it PR because he uh <laughs> he earlier too <laughs> so maybe he needs one and or then, <laughs> yeah and maybe Esteban <laughs> just it was busy focusing on other things because let's not forget he had a seat in Formula One but then also lost it right and that's pretty uh, rattling because it's like how the hell do you get back like his focus is probably something else but I just thought it was interesting that Pierre was the one that was talking about it. And there is so much stuff, like so many articles, so many videos that you can find just trying to cover their friendship and try to figure it out. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. The other relationship I wanted to talk about was uh, his friendship with Antoine Hubert. Um, as most of our listeners know, Antoine passed away in a really devastating car accident. Not, sorry, crash, not car accident. It was an accident in Spa in 2019 when he was only 22. And this is where I think Pierre like must have some water sign in his chart somewhere because he was really public about this too. This is what he said about his friendship with Antoine. From the age of 13 until I was 18, I spent basically from 7.30 breakfast in the morning until 10 p.m. each single day with him. We were in the same classes. We were training together. We were racing together. Their doubt, and that's like the external world, basically, and our belief bonded us. We knew what sort of sacrifices we had to, we had made, that our families had made to get us to where we were. On the day of the accident, Gasly did catch the race, and he immediately noticed the crash, which had occurred on lap two at the Eau Rouge, Eau Rouge corner. 
Um, and specifically he said there was car parts scattered everywhere. Oh boy. So when Gasly discovered it was his friend in the accident, he said, I started to shake. I couldn't feel my hands. I couldn't hear what anyone was saying. And my breathing became erratic. When Pierre received confirmation of Hubert's death, I was, he said this, I was completely broken. I cried until I couldn't cry anymore. I've never experienced a worse feeling in my, than that in my life. Never. So the note that I want to make here, well, one thing we should also say when it comes to Antoine, they do remember him in motorsports. So uh, the FIA for the Formula One, Formula Two championship prize giving away ceremony in Monaco, they introduced the Antoine Hubert award, which is obviously named after him, um, who was the only rookie in the season with to score two wins. So that's what they celebrate and that's how they celebrate him. But what I think is insane to me is that after this accident, he went on and raced. Pierre raced the very next day and that very day. Um, he finished in 15th. Uh, Charles, who also grew up with Antoine Hubert and Pierre, ended up winning and dedicated his win to Hubert. <laughs> Pierre also, uh, this year we saw this, paid tribute to him at Spa by laying down flowers where the accident happened. So I think that this speaks a little bit of just what friendship means to him and maybe why he's been so like vocal about Esteban in some ways. Yep. Right. I know I like rewatch this episode of drive to survive and I'm sitting there bawling my eyes out every time. And you can see in, um, spa, the, the race after Antoine passed away, um, Pierre and Charles have like stickers in their cars, on their helmets, on their steering wheels that say like for Tonio or something, like a little nickname for them. And I remember seeing that little sticker and being like, <gasps> and just losing it. Cause it's, cause he was born in 96 as well. So it was just kind of crazy thinking that like someone my age. Mm-hmm died in such a in like in such a in a sport that I love I can't even imagine like the love and passion obviously the drivers have for it but yeah I think like and I think friendship in general in Formula One again like I said it's such a close-knit group of people you grow up with them you do everything with this group of people they're like family so yeah yeah and that's exactly it so I don't know I thought that it was just nice to see or like get to know Pierre on like a bit of a different level and to do a bit of a deeper dive into understanding who this person is mm-hmm. a little bit more um and the next thing which is like the hard thing um is his future which is where I want all your opinions so we've talked about this a ton but I really don't know what's next for him after this season. I don't know where he goes. I don't know what he wants to do. I also think he might be a sadist because he keeps saying that he wants to go back to Red Bull and we are fully like anti-Red Bull. I just don't think it's like the right fit for him at this point in his career. Uh, So I I don't know. Like, what do you all think? (laughs) Where is he going to go? What is Pierre Gasly's future? I think he deserves a good car. Like, I would like to see him in, like, a McLaren or, 
I don't know, a better car. Like he deserves more because he's obviously proven himself, especially last season. I feel like mm-hmm. six was his consistent number. Like he was always finishing in sixth place or qualified in six. Like six was a number connected to Pierre in the last season. Mm-hmm. No idea what will actually happen, but I believe he deserves a better opportunity, a better car, a better just success. Is what I want. <laughs> I echo that and I think he proved this past season just how valuable he is Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people took note of that Um, and so it's like all the cards are getting changed for this year so I'm interested to know how the Toro Rosa will be competitive wise honestly Um, because if it becomes a competitive car why not stay there you're already the lead guy or there's often like Daniel Ricardo, and we've said it before, like if he doesn't perform, I don't think he's staying in McLaren. Um, so that could be an option. Um, he wants to go back to Red Bull and it's just like, I think they're pretty set. Maybe 2024, 2023, I mean, but like, I don't know. If Christian Horner is still there, I think it's just a bad environment. Yeah. What there's the whole, like, and I know Shanika has mentioned this before too, like the option of him going to Mercedes if Lewis leaves. If Lewis gets that eighth and he leaves, that seat opens up in Mercedes. And it's like Toto has a relationship with Ocon, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, should he get the seat? I, I don't think he's as good as Pierre. So like Toto having relationships, yes, I get it. But Toto's also a Capricorn and he wants to win. <laughs> he would win if he had Pierre over Ocon, TBH. So... I think that could also be an option as well. Yeah, I agree with the, like, I don't think Ocon deserves a seat at Mercedes against Pierre. Not the way he's been driving lately. Oh my gosh, all the hot takes. Yeah, I would say (laughs) something super similar. Like, I just don't know. He needs a team that's for him. And that's why, like, the benefit of staying at AlphaTauri, especially if, you know, these this year, it's the best year for them. Who knows? Um, would be beneficial because all these other teams are like kind of built around a central driver, right? Like even uh, McLaren, Lando is going to probably stay there. I feel like for the rest of his life, (laughs) yeah. unless something goes really wrong, but even that that Brown makes his own company and then Lando might follow that Brown. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. he needs a team that's his, and I don't know what team is competitive that could be his right now when we look at the cars and look at yeah, Mercedes is having George come in yeah Yeah. and you know like Mercedes will be about George and you brought up like the Esteban Ocon situation so hypothetically if Esteban got the upgrade into the Mercedes that leaves a seat at Alpine which like Pierre is French it is like a team that is actually owned by the country like that might be a good thing But like how competitive is Alpine? We don't know, right? In this new era of what this is going to look like. So I don't know where he's going to go, but he totally deserves to be in a better car and he needs to be mm-hmm. at a team that is for him. And I know there's been some talk about like, what about Williams? And I'm like, yeah, but like, we you haven't go. seen that much yeah. improvement from yeah. Williams, right? No. I think kind of going off the competitiveness of the new cars, um, I mentioned this in my kind of like predictions for the next season on why I think 
Lewis will most likely win an eighth title this season because Red Bull and AlphaTauri aren't having, like they're switching engines. Like it might take them mm-hmm. a good amount of time to kind of like adapt to the new engine and for this engine to perform at the lengths they need it to perform at. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like just a little throw out there of the competitiveness, competitiveness of Red Bull and AlphaTauri. Like they might have to adjust with some new things. Okay, but this is where it gets confusing because this headline happened in like a couple weeks ago. But like, yes, Honda kind of exited, but then Red Bull. That's why I'm like, Red Bull, you're so shady sometimes. <laughs> they, the links between Honda and Red Bull will continue until 2025. Oh, the reason why they put a stop, but like Courtney, this only came out like a week or two ago, like maybe less than that. And I'm like, the reason why they didn't make any engine changes or like prevented them from happening is because Red Bull was like, we won't be able to keep up because Honda's leaving. And now Honda's like still remaining connected to them. And now there's still no upgrades on any, any of the engine. Like what is happening? Yeah. I just Googled okay. AlphaTauri engine 2022 in this um, article from GP blog. The headline is the 2022 Honda engine roars for the first time in <laughs> AlphaTauri's AT03 what did the honda guy not cry at <laughs> because he was like oh we're done yeah no it's i don't know some awkwardness here for sure i was like when i when i saw the headline come out i was a little I was a little surprised um but you're right i think a lot of it is just we got to figure out who's competitive with these new mm-hmm. engines new requirements new cars and then hopefully that can flush out where pierre can go and hopefully like I think in a better car, he could contend for a title. I really do. So we just need to get him a better freaking car. Yeah, we just need to, we, <laughs> luckily us, need to work together to become his PR team. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a vacant position, I would assume. So <laughs> Should I DM him? Hi, yes. Pierre. I've yes. noticed that your uh, public relations has been quite questionable lately. <laughs> I graduate in April and I'd be happy to join your team. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Attaching well, my resume. <laughs> so yeah, that's it on Pierre. Uh, I think the only thing I didn't note was that um, there's this ongoing joke on Twitter that he is the president of the Lewis Hamilton fan club, which <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get at the beginning because I was seeing this meme and I was like, I don't understand. But it's because... Every time Lewis posts anything on Instagram, Pierre Gasly will be there and he will be the first person to like it without fail. Pierre Gasly is the first person to like anything <laughs> on Instagram. I'm like, are you on your phone when you're racing to like all these posts or something, sir? Like everyone. Everyone. He, um, yeah. And he also apparently just like always talks about how great Lewis is. So yes, he is president uh, of Team Lewis Hamilton. Like, and- idol. Like he probably looked after him growing up and now is like starstruck that he's driving with him. Yeah. I think it's sweet. That's so (laughs) (laughs) So do we even know what we're going to talk about next week? We'll see what other cars come out. (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk about some cars. 
maybe subscribers. Mm-hmm. We'll we only that. have because when's the first race on end of March? March twentieth. Yeah. Okay. We have one, two, three, four, five. We still have what five more episodes before that? Five more episodes. A lot more cars. And yeah. the drivers are becoming like more and more active. I've noticed on socials and stuff like that. Like they're uh, they're all getting back into like their training routines and mm-hmm. they're at um like the offices to kind of like again meet with the team and probably go through some PR moves <laughs> for the upcoming season. <laughs> exactly. I yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what ends up happening this season. But I hope Pierre does well. Like, that's what I'm going to end it off with. I hope he does better than, like, middle of the grid. I don't he's, know. He's best of the rest, pretty much. Right? Like, he's not in the top performing cars, but he performs the best out of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that, too. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, hopefully, he can get some more points and, I don't know, make some moves somewhere else because... Something's got to change. I don't think he can stay at AlphaTauri forever. Yeah, unless like AlphaTauri, like, yeah, unless AlphaTauri has like, just upgraded all their infrastructure and now can like build a competitive car. Like becomes the new Red Bull. They just switch. Oh my gosh. Like I, but I also feel like Red Bull would never let that happen. Hey. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just like a okay. <laughs> consistent head shake. We, we have a fun season ahead, I think. Him and Yuki are so fun together. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And like Yuki can do a little bit better because he's already had the season in the car. Yeah. And he like was doing good at towards the end of the season. Didn't he qualify in P3 or something in the last race? Did he? Yeah, he did qualify. You're right. He it was like insane that he got what he got. And we were all like, (laughs) oh oh. (laughs) okay. (laughs) You go, Yuki. Uh, if you are looking for updates though on things, you can follow us on Instagram. We're gonna start. We'll we'll post on stories more. We've been kind of lacking lately. We're just adjusting to our lives. There's a lot going on um, on Instagram, Twitter, and on TikTok at Get Checkered. And you can head to our website if you want to see. There's like a blog post from Nicole. Um, or if you want to like email us, you can do that there. You'll sign through DMs. I don't know. We're kind of everywhere, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> hope you guys like that episode. Yeah. I learned a lot about Pierre. I hope everyone else did too. I did as well. Stay checkered friends and we'll see you or talk to you. You can listen to us next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>